Welcome to Reinventing Professionals, a podcast hosted by industry analyst Ari Kaplan, which shares ideas, guidance, and perspectives from market leaders shaping the next generation of legal and professional services. This is Ari Kaplan, and I'm speaking today with Bill Pawanka, the Chief Marketing Officer for Xtero, a provider of software for legal teams to defensively manage their legal governance, risk, and compliance requirements. Hi, Bill. How are you? I'm very well, Ari. It's great to talk with you again. Oh, it's great to speak with you. Tell us about your background and your role at Xtero. The title would suggest I, I oversee all of the marketing activities for our company. All that amazing, awesome content that you see out there from webinars and infographics and white papers and survey results, all that comes from my amazing team. I just take credit for it. Why does Xtero focus on legal governance, risk, and compliance? I think given you know our relationship, you know that Xtero was founded many years ago. And the interesting thing was that our founder, Bobby Balachandran, and, and his co-founders, had a vision at that time that by applying the concepts of process optimization and data science to how companies manage their digital information and responded to litigation would drive more successful outcomes at a lower cost. Now, Bobby had a big vision because he had worked in large banks and insurance companies, and he saw that all the different departments within a company seemed to have a software platform that enabled them to more efficiently do their work. You can think about Salesforce.com for sales and marketing or Oracle or SAP for financials or manufacturing or lots of different things. And what he noticed was that legal didn't have anything like that. So he had this vision that he was going to build a platform that would enable the legal department to more effectively manage their workflows and their processes and all that. Now, at the time, you know, he was a startup and he went the route of, of not taking in investment money. So he started with a very big, you know, laser focus on e-discovery. And he started with a project management and legal hold, which a lot of people are familiar with us. And then over time, we built out the e-discovery functionality so that we covered the entire e-discovery reference model. But he never lost sight of the bigger vision that legal was had other things to do besides just litigation and would need a software tool to manage it. And, and if you think about some of the macro trends over the last five to 10 years, you see how the role of the GC or the CLO has greatly evolved and expanded. 10, 15 years ago, they were responsible for providing legal advice and managing litigation. But now, because of things like the constant introduction of new legislation from governmental agencies, Certainly recently, a much higher degree of scrutiny around how you collect, store, manage, use personally sensitive information, PII, the constant onslaught and threat of a breach or a cyber attack, and then a much more focus from the C-suite on managing productivity, that what we're seeing is the legal department has responsibilities that have expanded into other groups like privacy, like compliance. And while GRC is a well-known term, it's a pretty big, all-encompassing term. And when you think about it, there are governance risk and compliance activities that each group in an organization has. You can think about IT having GRC responsibilities or HR or finance, the things that they're specifically responsible for 
ensuring that they're managing their business appropriately and complying with all relevant laws. And legal is the same way. If you think about privacy with GDPR, CCPA, an easy example would be the data subject access request. Do you know in Europe, an employee or consumer has the right to ask a company, what information do you have on me and how are you storing it and how are you using it? And I want to see it. So that initially was thought of as a privacy responsibility, but it doesn't take a, a lot of thinking to, to realize that once you collect that request and you funnel it to the right person, they now need to go find the data, collect the data, review the data, redact out any data that's not related to them specifically, and then produce it back out to them. Well, that's e-discovery. And then, so you know, you've got privacy and legal converging. But what if the person says, well, I want you to delete it? Well, just because they ask doesn't mean you have to or can, because there may be a retention obligation from a governmental law or, or requirement, or it could be under legal hold. So now you've got compliance, legal, and privacy all interacting on that same basic business process. And so when we talk about legal GRC, we're talking about the specific tasks and activities like e-discovery, like data subject access requests, like responding to reporting or notifying the appropriate authorities in the unfortunate case of a data breach. These are the responsibilities of people that report into legal. And that's what we're providing is this platform that helps you manage all of these disparate workflows and processes using technology to become much more predictable, much more productive, much more efficient, and ensure that you're complying with all the relevant laws. The company recently launched Extero Review. How does that align with the mission you just discussed? Well, it aligns in a number of different ways. And it's interesting because Certainly from an e-discovery perspective, review is a very big part of the e-discovery process, the most expensive and time-consuming when you think about it. But review, the ability to review data, I gave you the example of the data subject access request, that's review as well. If you're thinking about internal investigations, you know, there's been wrongdoing alleged, you've got to go collect data and review it to determine what the issue is there. When you think about forensic collections and what law enforcement and governmental agencies related to protecting our country, they have investigative needs where they're going to need to be to review evidence. Even in the case of a data breach, you need to quickly determine, okay, what's the scope of the, maybe we thought it was an incident, maybe it's actually a much bigger thing, it's not an incident anymore, it's a breach. Well, what data was potentially compromised and how do I know within that data what personally identifiable information or what sensitive data from like a finance or or healthcare perspective, how do you know what data was there unless you have the ability to go quickly review the information that was potentially touched? So you can see that review, well, those of us that have been in the e-discovery market for a long time. You tend to think of it just from a litigation perspective, but the ability to review data is much broader and becoming more and more important as these macro events impact our lives. Why should legal professionals leverage tools that provide automation and scalability? I think that's fairly evident because we all do. It's not just legal professionals. All of us are in the working world, always have to find ways to continually improve. We have to find ways to minimize 
risk, minimize mistakes, do our jobs faster, more efficiently. When you talk about process optimization or process orchestration or automation, what you're really talking about is removing all those little manual handoffs, all those things where you say, if you think of a basic workflow, I collect a request from somebody, say via portal. Well, first thing I have to do is determine who in my organization should deal with that. I mean, if it's a consumer, it might go to somebody in privacy who has access to where we store consumer data. If it's an employee, you sure as heck don't want it going to somebody in privacy or IT because that's sensitive information. It should only go to the HR people who are certified and approved to see sensitive data of other employees. What you don't want is the delays and the potential for things to fall through the cracks in that, okay, somebody sees the request and now they have to call someone and say, hey, I got the request. Now I'm going to send you the information or I'm going to walk the information over to your desk and you need to do something with it. And then that person does a little bit and recreates it. What you want is the ability for the tasks and activities to seamlessly flow to the appropriate person at the appropriate time where management has visibility to ensure that things are happening on time, but that nothing's falling through the cracks. So process optimization and business process reengineering have been around for 20 or 30 years and applied to all the other departments within an organization. And it's only within maybe the last six or seven years that legals really started adopting this and started thinking about what they do as business processes. And you can see that with the rise of legal operations. If you think about the clock organization, it didn't even exist seven years ago, and now it's big and growing rapidly. And you're seeing that legal departments are hiring certified project managers because they're treating the work that they have to do not as one-offs, but as business processes. And anytime you think of it in that way, you can measure, you can manage, and you can optimize it, and you can ensure that you're minimizing risk. How does e-discovery look to realize additional benefits from artificial intelligence? One level, artificial intelligence was the e-discovery professionals were the early adopters of AI within legal because of predictive coding or technology-assisted review in the review stage, right? Where previous generations of that technology, you know, you created a seed set and you had somebody basically train the computer to look at certain patterns and make determinations as to whether a doc was privileged or confidential or something like, or responsive or something like that. But so on the one hand, that's great. What I would say though, is what we've observed is so many other vendors are, are thinking about AI within e-discovery and really continuing to focus just on the review stage. And certainly taking advantage of the advanced algorithms and the new capabilities within AI and machine learning and review is incredibly important. But there's other ways to think about how AI can help throughout the entire e-discovery process. An example, you could do things like take the AI algorithms and look at data before it's even collected to identify potentially responsive data, to identify custodians who you might not know about, to identify topics that might not have been initially apparent, but the AI can determine the contextual relationships between people, content, the data that they have, the data they're sharing, and you can ultimately get to the facts of the case much more quickly and much more effectively. 
Another example, going back to the data subject access, or excuse me, the data breach, you know, with GDPR, you have 72 hours before you have to, months after you've determined that there's a breach, to report to the data authorities the scope of it and who was affected. Well, if you're looking at terabytes of data, how do you quickly determine which consumers were affected and what of their data was compromised? You've got to be able to take artificial intelligence and apply it because that will then help you identify the entities. It might be a person, it might be a company, might be the social security number or phone number or bank account or whatever it may be. AI can go find that information, tie it together, take a table that might just hold account numbers and intelligently link it to the individual that it relates to. AI can be used throughout all of these different areas. And it's one of the things that Xero is doing is we're looking at the e-discovery process and saying, where can we infuse AI across all of it from identification, preservation, collection, review, et cetera? We shouldn't be thinking about AI just as we're going to help the reviewer do his or her job. It's important, but it shouldn't stop there. How do you see the deployment of AI and legal evolving? It's definitely going to evolve from where it is because, candidly, AI is not as adopted in legal as much as I think it should be. But you can look at what's happening in the marketplace. It's not just Xtero who are putting significant resources into AI. There are other vendors out there doing it. But you're looking at analysis and pattern matching. There's AI that is helping with contract management and other areas. So AI is going to continue to evolve because it's proven to be effective. It's proven to be accurate. It's proven to be so much quicker than putting humans at it. And in today's world and where we're going over the next five, 10 years, the amount of data and the amount of work that needs to be done quickly, you just can't simply add more people or add more hardware You've got to take advantage of these neural networks and deep learning algorithms that AI affords. This is Ari Kaplan speaking with Bill Pawanka, the Chief Marketing Officer for Xtero, a provider of software for legal teams to defensively manage their legal governance, risk, and compliance requirements. Bill, thank you so much. Thank you for the opportunity, Ari. It's always good to reconnect with you. Thank you for listening to the Reinventing Professionals podcast. Visit ReinventingProfessionals.com or AriKaplanAdvisors.com to learn more.